Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. Alongside Luis Fernandez, Dennis Toxie with you, being joined by WRL Sports. Before we hit it and quit it, our man Chris Lee. Chris. Yes, sir. What's up? I know a lot of people are probably used to seeing another network having post-game television coverage of these NHL playoffs. But WREL, locally, we actually got opportunities for people who maybe not be coming to the game tonight to watch post-game and pre-game coverage on WREL. Man, this is a breeze we're getting right now. Yeah, it's, it's always, it's, it's always. We've, yeah. we've never not had a breeze, I the feel like, on a not just changed a little bit, and I like it. Um, no, yeah, so we, it, a lot of things changed within the last five days, and it's been a, a mad dash, but WREL will have, for the entirety of the playoffs, we'll have the official uh, post-game uh, show for the Carolina Hurricanes, and yep. we will also have pre-game shows. Uh, I don't know if that's officially with the Canes, but we're going to do it ourselves for yep. sure. So uh, 7.30 tonight, uh, right here on WREL, and then right after uh, the game, 11.25, when you normally come back from the lottery break and you see sports after that that's just going to be 25 minutes of of coverage live here uh at uh the arena we're going to have uh exclusive post-game interviews and then you'll hear from the team in the locker room we'll have shane willis is going to be a part of our nice. coverage so um he'll be a part of our coverage at least for the next two games maybe for the duration of the playoffs so uh, it's gonna it's, it might feel like another network but uh it'll be a wrel uh, production okay so again if if you're listening on the radio side if you're coming to pnc you're driving in you're out here tailgating keep it locked in Stormwatch with adam gold at seven o'clock radio wise he's got aftermath immediately following the game so if you're driving back from pnc or you're on the road maybe coming back from work something along the lines. so we got you covered on radio and television so everything's covered we got your back people you're not gonna miss it you're not gonna miss anything all right Let's quit that. Let's get let's let's get the hit and quit. There you go. Let's get into game five tonight. Chris, I mentioned this earlier. I know you are a native North Carolinian, born and raised in this state. Blessed to do that. But you're not originally from the Triangle area. No. I'm a transplant to this not only this state but this area as well. I mentioned it as a fan, as someone who has has adopted Raleigh in this area as my home. I have also adopted the Carolina Hurricanes as a team that I love and that I cheer for. I've been in this area for a decade, and I love this team. I love watching them play. I came into the fandom when the team was not very good at all. I want to know your thoughts for you yourself, not just covering the team, but also you root for this team too. I've seen you cheering for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm from Greensboro. So for me, in my heart, the Carolina Hurricanes also belong to Greensboro. That's fair point. Two That's years, where they started. They, they started off at the Greensboro Coliseum. And so uh, it was great having it there. So it has always felt like that has been the second home, even though they haven't played there since the 90s. It's always felt like that that is the second home of the Carolina Hurricanes. And then uh, in 2006, which is interesting, my mom worked for this company and she actually had um, a work trip to Red Deer, Edmonton. Uh, I mean, Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, which yeah. is uh, just, I think Red Deer is just south of Edmonton, I believe. Sure. 
and uh, I was there during the 2006 Stanley Cup really? final. Wow. So I was a little American black kid with the Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> shirt on in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Oh, look Can you, you imagine all of the looks I got from yeah, people like, you are what is this going on? <laughs> like, who are and, you? And the Canes won while I was in Edmonton, <laughs> Alberta, Canada, which is crazy. And so I, I feel like a, a very special kinship with this team, of course. Yeah. Now I get a chance to cover them up close. And so this is an exciting time you always want to be a part of when you're in sports. People think we root against our teams, and we don't. Oh. That's the thing. You can grow up rooting against a team, and then you cover them, and then now you root for them because you just want to cover winners. Yeah. And and that's what it is uh, here. I always cheered for the Canes, but I, I, want them, I want the Canes to go all the way because you just want to cover a winner. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. Table Turbine is back, Lewis. He is. Table Turbine is back. 28 hey. days. It's turbo time again. 28 days after having his, as you very eloquently phrased yesterday, Dennis, having his hand broken, not breaking his hand, so having, his hand, hand having his hand broken. His hand broken. Tomorrow is exactly a month. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that wild? Tomorrow's a month of the day. That's wild. No, and he's playing. He's playing. <laughs> like pins in his hand, the whole deal. So again, for, for remind people in game two of the series with the New York Islanders, I was uh, uh, John Gabriel Pajot on a penalty kill while the Canes were on the power play. Tara Vinan was taking a shot in the third period of that game. And JG Pazzo just, as Robert Moore described it, tomahawk chop down onto the hand of Taylor Tara broke his hand, had to have surgery on his hand, pins, everything put in. Robert Moore was steamed after that game. Absolutely mad and livid about it because no penalty was called on the play, but he's back, which is awesome. Canes with all their struggles with injuries late in the season and in the playoffs, this guy's back. It's just great. They already have the NHL's top penalty kill. You have one of the best defensive forwards on the team. Yeah. Uh, some think maybe the best or top two. Yeah, he's up there. You know, he's one uh, of the best penalty defensive uh, forwards on the team. And so that only adds to it. And then if he's going to be back on that line with uh, Sebastian Ajo and, and Seth Jarvis, he's one of the best, probably the best passer on the team. So then you open up the scoring chances even more. Looks uh, like in a in a in a series where scoring is going to be at a premium. It looks like he's actually going to be skating with Jordan Stahl and Martin okay. Natchez. Okay, so where cool. Jack Drury was and Jack Drury dropping down to the fourth line uh, with Paul Stastny and Derek Stepan. So they're still going to keep Stefan Nason up there, kind of balance out speed, skill, and physicality. Sure. Well, and, and try not to mess up. Like because that's whenever you have someone coming back into the lineup after yeah. they've been injured in the postseason, you've been on a good run. You always want to kind of have that balance. So that, that feels like a nice spot to slot him in yep. and. You know, try not to throw off the rhythm of things too much, but it's it's good, complimenting good. Like, it's the best parts of the Canes yeah. in the postseason getting just another piece added to them. And here's when, when Freddie Anderson came back, and I'm sure you guys already talked about this last uh, last series. Mm -hmm. He gave the Canes a boost, yeah. mm -hmm. a noticeable boost. And I, that's one of the things I'll be looking forward to tonight is what noticeable boost will – this team doesn't need it, but they're going to find it wherever they need I mean, this is the postseason, so you got to find – uh, all of your motivation. Sure. Will they have a noticeable boost because their guy, Table Teravinen, is back in the lineup after. Well, it's too. It's like, I think it's a lot of it is, it's, you just need to win one game at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you find that one, you know, uh, one mushroom, if you will, for each individual game. And if, if Turbo coming back in this game one is what boosts them up and gets them this win, makes it a little bit harder on the Panthers, hey, that's one more win towards Stanley Cup. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Back into the Carolina Hurricanes here in a little bit, but a couple notes here. Uh, Chris, you actually pointed this out to, to me yesterday. 
former UNC point guard Caleb Love, who committed to Michigan, is now back in the transfer portal again. So after I found this out, I, I did call Lewis since Lewis was I got in a, Carolina. Yeah, I got a phone call. Yeah, are you I, okay? asked, I asked Lewis, Lewis um, if you could transfer to Michigan right now, would they accept you in? That's what <laughs> Listen. I asked. Um, but no, it, it's it's interesting um, how all That's this kind of came about. But I, I spoke to uh, Brian Murphy, WRL Sports Investigative Reporter, yeah. just to make sure. And he said because um, Caleb Love technically didn't enroll he never technically left yes the portal so he is ah. free to transfer to whatever and that that was one of my initial questions was is he going to have to sit out a year because which the portal deadline they would have been tragic the portal deadline is already passed we're like two or three four days past well, if he never technically left the portal then but if he never exactly. technically left the portal uh then he's fine so he's more but, or less decommitted more so just decommitted but yes. it's I, I still think that it's unfortunate news this is one of the more this has happened before, but this is probably the most high-profile person that this has happened to since the transfer portal became a thing and freedom of movement became a thing for college. Uh, you know, stars where you know your grades—I I don't even—I don't want to say grades because it may not even be grades where your credits couldn't get you in. Yes, whatever, yeah. whatever that is. The well, because my understanding, listening to the reporting, talking to people, it's it's all about like the 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 older a player the more credits they're coming into at michigan the higher standard they're being held to from that kind of academics perspective makes sense. which it makes sense to an extent but it's it's unfortunate well and i think because you know caleb love does i mean i don't i don't want to say it's embarrassing but i'm sure he's embarrassed a little bit like that's tough it's gotta to, be embarrassing. it's it's, yeah. it's tough but you know I, I think that's where i feel like michigan let him down a little bit in this situation because when you're in that committing process you need to have someone from some compliance someone from the the school itself having these conversations with you before you make this big old announcement talking about your next chapter and and you know building yourself back up after seeing just some tough times and things like that you need to have someone have that conversation with you and find out hey are you actually cool to come in yeah i so you know, I, I feel bad for caleb love and now i guess the question is where does he go next what does he do next and we were talking about this last night on the phone where like i think he committed like uh april 7th and we're finding out yesterday on may 17th yeah that yeah. so so you know what happened in that communication process that you know made everything kind of uh fall through that's something i would like to know but then also i'm looking at it like this Caleb Love has a great villain origin story right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he is the guy who made the shot that retired the guy, right? Sure. And then the next year, the fan base turns on him yeah. for him to transfer. And then now you can't transfer to be publicly humiliated like this. So I hope wherever he goes, he absolutely kills. And I hope he goes and becomes immediately an NBA All-Star if he makes it to the NBA. He deserves better. Chris has been reading the comic books I've been sending his way. All right, let's quit that. <laughs> let's hit this. To God Almighty. Yeah, good God Almighty. Uh, yeah, good God Almighty. Why good is Jason Tatum Tommy. not taking a field goal in the fourth quarter in that that loss to the Miami Heat last night for the Boston Celtics? Jason Tatum, Ooh. the you could argue the best player left in the playoffs, or at least in the Eastern Conference, one of the top five players in the NBA right now, doesn't take a free throw. A, I'm sorry, doesn't take a single field goal attempt in the fourth quarter of a tight game. Of a tight game. Well, and I think why. Well, this is not like my Celtics lost to the Heat, by the way, in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Like this is Jason Tatum we're talking about. Yeah. Who has no problem shooting the ball, shooting the ball often and shooting the ball in tough situations. Mm -hmm. Like he dropped what, 51 in game seven? Yeah. yeah. He 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 started off was a game six where he was absolutely atrocious in the first three quarters. And he drops like 12, 14 points in the fourth quarter and comes back. And that's the reason why they even push it to the seven games. Mm hmm. 
I don't know. That's that's one of those things that to me feels like it's it's on the coaching. Like you, you got to get him shots. You got to do something for him there. Maybe it's on the players. You got to make sure you get him the ball to do something. And he had 30 points last it's not, night too. It's not complicated. Like sports and basketball especially are tough. They're complicated, but sometimes it's not it's not that complicated. It's coaching, but it's also this is Jason Tatum. Yeah. Right? Like mm -hmm. like let's let's Received go. MVP votes Jason Tatum. Let's go back in time. Remember that game where uh, Grayson Allen tripped Steven Santa Ana from Elon? I do remember yeah. that, yeah. Elon, if we forget about the tripping incident. No, Elon we can't forget about that. Almost. No, I mean, you can't. But I'm <laughs> just saying, like, if you take that out and focus on the actual game. Yeah. Elon almost beat Duke that day at yeah. the Greensboro Coliseum. I was there in person, right? And who was the star on that Duke team? Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yep. And he didn't look very good in that game either against Elon. Nothing against Elon, but it's Elon, right? Sure. And, and so this is kind of what Jason Tatum is. Like, he will give you a historic night one night, and then he almost kind of disappears and and, and makes some head-scratching plays the next night. And I saw that 30 just, points. He still had 30 points, but still in that situation. In the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA, you need to be the guy. Okay. How are you going to follow up? And you have home advantage like you need to be the guy and and so it's it's head scratching but that also means that he's going to come back and have another amazing game and blow us out uh, blow people out the water so um it's it's head scratching but that's jason tatum you're going to take the ups and the downs the good with the bad but he is probably arguably the best player left in not the not the best player in the series though well, that's, yeah, that's him if he butler, that's Jimmy Jimmy butler. butler. <laughs> all right let's let's put that let's hit this uh speaking you're of the last me, night Petey? something real quick is you're killing me minute on this yes uh Apparently, YouTube TV, like, conked out on a lot of people yesterday during the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, so if you were watching the Eastern Conference Finals Game 1, yeah. uh, you, you essentially, the, on YouTube TV, Celtics yeah, Celtics Heat, last, like, eight minutes or so of the game, you, you couldn't watch. It just was not oh, working. Wow. For some people, a YouTube TV issue? It was or a, was that so it was a YouTube, YouTube TV. Okay. YouTube TV was having some struggles with it. They, they posted, YouTube posted some stuff on their Twitter account saying, hey, we're working on it, blah, blah, blah. You had some people who just got, like, a, a message saying, hey, it's not working right now. You have other people who saw a Little Mermaid commercial on repeat nice. the entire time. <laughs> hey, I'm for that. Um, so the question that so many people brought up that I saw on social media is, if you cannot handle game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, how are you going to be able to handle <laughs> okay. NFL Sunday ticket? All right. Here's something as well. that They handled the Super Bowl fine, didn't they? But that's that's different. Okay. How is that? How is that different? Because sorry, the viewers. Super Bowl is one more thing. Viewers, more it's more viewers. it's more viewers, but it's one thing. Okay, Whereas I think you're juggling a bunch of things. And this is last. This is one thing as well. Last night. How is it any different? I've had it's one game TV, on one channel on YouTube TV. I've had YouTube TV since 2018, and the service continuously gets better. I was I was watching at work last night, so it's different. Yeah. Um, and this was it was on Spectrum. We were watching at work. Uh, but like that's probably just a one day thing. It's, it's going to end up being a non-story. Yeah, it's a one-time thing. Move on. They'll, all, they'll fix it. And they'll move on. All it's, I know this is, is powered by Google. Google. This is the yeah. biggest. All, all I know is DirecTV had a lot of issues. There were many times where I would try and watch a game and I just couldn't. It just would not work. So okay. I think a lot of people are very skittish about the potential of YouTube TV struggling with Sunday Ticket as well. People are overreacting on that. That's all I'm going to say. All right, I'm let's quit you. that. Let's hit this. That's BS. I want to get back into the game here tonight here at PNC Arena. You mentioned the goaltending matchup a little yes. bit earlier, Luis Fernandez. With Freddie Anderson's going to get the start in net tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes. Sergei Bobrovsky, who's won a Vesna Trophy, been a Vesna Trophy candidate multiple times in his career, is going to be the starting goalie for the Florida Panthers in this series. Freddie Anderson has been stellar in the postseason since he came back in Game 6 against the Islanders. 5-0, and 
a goals against average of 1.8 and a save percentage of 931. And that includes the bad, terrible game that he had in game three against the New Jersey Devils where he led in four goals and got yanked. So he puts up those great numbers in a game, again, where he got pulled. Now, he didn't get saddled with the loss in that game because the fifth goal, the game-winning goal by the New Jersey Devils was scored against Kochekov. So technically, Kochekov gets that loss. He, but he got pulled in the, the beginning of the second period. Exactly, yeah. but that game was already done at that point. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, Freddie's been great. And I think a week off might be beneficial for him as well. Well, I, I agree. And it's when you look and you're comparing Bobrovsky and, and Freddie, they're so interesting because they both have had so much success here in the postseason. And it's kind of like to, two, two sides of the same coin type thing where Freddie has dominated in power play situations. He's allowed one power play goal. Um, let me see here. His his uh, save percentage in the power play has, has been fantastic. He's a big part of the reason why they're even in this position. Uh, 941 went down a man yeah. in, in the postseason. That's amazing. Whereas Bobrovsky, he's 943 save percentage at even strength. So one succeeds at even strength so much more. One succeeds at the power play a lot. My question is, when you look at it, Bobrovsky has allowed goals in power play. Yeah. He in, he has allowed goals in those situations. There, you know, we we talked about the penalty kill for the Panthers and and how they struggled against the Bruins, did better against Toronto. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that balances out there. Um, it's it, I think it's going to be ultimately, and we talk about this all the time, but I think it's going to be the Canes having to take advantage of power play situations. Yeah, I think the Canes uh, this last week having it off. That's big because you have Ronta um, and and Anderson both dealing with different things, whether where there's illnesses Sickness, yeah. or, yeah, illness or you know uh, minor injury or something minor like injuries that. and things like that. You got the week off to heal to get better and all that, and that's I think that's only going to be good for them. Again, um, now that he's gotten um, a, a, a series under his legs already against a team that has a, a great scoring team and he was able to shut them down. This kind of sets him up, I think, against uh, the Panthers uh, to, to have a, a great performance. So as long as his defensive, uh, the guys in front of him help him out. I was talking to Adam Gold and he was like, really, depending on how Brett Pesci and uh, and Brady, and, Shea. Uh, Brady Shea play, mm -hmm. that's going to be determining if if, uh, if the Canes are going to end up winning this, and it's really going to be on the guys that play in front of Freddie Anderson. I think Freddie Anderson brings it best. Here's Rob Brindamore earlier today talking about how the extended time off. Again, the Canes have not played since Thursday last week. That's when they eliminated the New Jersey Devils here at PNC Arena. Here's Rob Brindamore talking about that extended time off for the goalies. I think for our guys, I mean, they've got you know a little history of being banged up here and there, so. Um, I think that that week is beneficial for, for our guys. Yeah. There it is. I think, yeah, it, beneficial. This whole team should be rested up, ready to go. Yeah. Now, it's not like Florida Panthers are coming off like the Devils did, where the basically game one day off from a game seven right into a game one situation. Now, Florida Panthers have actually had some time off for themselves, too, but not quite as long as Carolina. But nevertheless, it's still been about five days since they last played. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's just kind of how things worked out, you know, with the the finals and with the, the conference final and, and how things were scheduled and everything, where mm -hmm. both teams got some time off. So both teams are going to be healthier. I would argue that when at similar health levels, the Hurricanes are better than the Panthers. And I think that the, the health is going to be more of just kind of like a um, uh, even playing field type situation for them. It's a long season. Everyone is a little beat up at some point. So now you're in a position where you can go ahead and you know get those players healthy, get Turbo back. Yeah. I mean, forget about the, the goaltenders for a second, but 
you know, I, th I think that's going to be so beneficial, more beneficial for the Hurricanes than it is for the Panthers. A little off topic, but to talk about something that we just talked about before, Jason Tatum, I didn't realize him and Matthew Kachuk went to high school. Yeah. Wait, really? That's amazing. Yeah, no, I've seen the story that's floating around. Yeah. There's a video out, them, out there of them in high school together. And Jason Tatum was taking a video talking about, hey, here's my friends and uh, like naming off all of it. And Matthew Kachuk. It's that is that is amazing to me that two of the best players in their respective sports right now went to high school together. I, I, I want to say it was like a headline for like the athletic or, or something along I saw those lines. From, uh, ESPN, I yeah, where it's like one one is a Boston hero and one is a Boston villain. You know yeah, what I mean? So it's yeah, like yeah. it's and, and they both went to the same high school. It's small world. That's wild. Okay, did not know that. <laughs> did not know that. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this real fast. He's a machine! We talked to Mike Meniscalco a little bit earlier about this, the play-by-play -play voice for the Carolina Hurricanes. If you missed that conversation, check it out on the Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast. But we brought up how Matthew Kachuk, his style of play is very much on that borderline of, like, physicality, hard nose, but also, like, right on that line of, like, just about dirty not quite stepping over but he's like right on that he's a habitual he said when are Kane's fans going to start being upset at him and he said well when did the series get announced oh yeah, that, yeah. that's about it that's about <laughs> well, it i know a lot of sometimes like casual Kane's fans maybe just maybe not know who guys on the other team are which is totally fine but i think real quickly Kane's fans are going to find out like oh no i hate that guy yeah. That guy, like, no, don't like him. But he's also one of those guys, if he's on your team, you love the heck out of him. Yes. Um, because we saw in the first series against the New York Islanders, Matt Martin became public enemy number one real quick. Because I know he had the, the cross check from behind on Jordan Stahl late in the period here at PNC Arena. And then just it sat on him you know, right there yeah. at, the, at the end of the period. It's yeah. like, wait, hold on. Like, this is okay. And I think he did get called for a penalty, but still, nonetheless. And then Eric Holla was publicly in, public enemy number one for the New Jersey Devils. But there's no bitter history between Florida. There's no history. Well, I mean, outside of the connections between the two teams, there's no playoff history between these two franchises. Yeah. There's no bitter history between the two of them. And honestly, somewhat similar in a mindset of the fact that these are two fan bases who in the first two rounds were overlooked because of who the opponent was for the for the other team. Florida having to play against Boston, President's Cup champions, and it's Boston. And then they're like, oh, we got to play Toronto. And everyone was all up in arms, loving the fact that Toronto got to the second round for the first time since 2004. Like, oh, look at that. See, Toronto, look how great they are. No, Toronto, you haven't been relevant since 1967 when you last won a Stanley Cup. Ooh. So let's, let's keep things real where they are. So this Florida team has been overlooked. This Florida fan base has often been overlooked, just like Carolina has been. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I think uh, I did a package on this, and it's going to be airing at, at our 7.30 special on WREL. Just some of um, the connections between the teams, of course, the obvious one, Paul Maurice, and also the Stahl brothers. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those things. I ended the package in a special way, uh, so I won't give it away right here. Oh, but okay. it's, it's that's more, a tease. It's more so about, like, the whole thing is more so about the, the cool connections between everything. Mm -hmm. But then Paul Maurice did have, like, a little small – wasn't like a huge jab but it was like a little a little finger poke. oh yeah what's the dig what's a little, the dig? A little what do you say poke. what do you say give it to us you have to watch no 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 no. i want to hear that right now i want to hear this right now at 7 30 on w no no, no but here's the plug no 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 I, i'm not gonna be able to watch chris give it to me give it's it to patience me. it's a virtue it's gonna what? be online afterwards too 
if you miss it. You can pull it up on the WRL app. <laughs> Download that wherever you get your apps in the app store. I'll tell you during a, during a break. But I, I think it's, it's going to no, be. No, let, let the fan base know the jab that Paul Maurice took at this place. It's not a jab. It's a finger poke. A finger poke. A finger, finger poke. Finger I want to know it. But uh, and you, you'll see it tonight at 730 on WRL. And I, I think it's kind of cool to see the, the, the two teams okay. kind of how they've kind of risen together, if that makes sense. 93, sure. the Panthers kind of come about. 95, the, the Hurricanes move down here. Um, and, you know, kind of Panthers have a quick start and have a lot of quick su success. And then all of a sudden, like, there's not a lot of success. Maybe the team is going to move. There's talks about that. There were talks about that here. Will the Hurricanes have to move again? Uh, whatever. And now these are two of the best teams in the NHL uh, right now. Uh, Stahl Brothers, Paul Maurice, all the good feels. But this is going to be a hard-fought fought series. And there's probably going to be a lot of uh, – a lot of angst between the two fan bases after this series is over. I, I need the, uh, I, I need that. He's I so need that pettiness. You. So I need that pettiness. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group alongside Luis Fernandez Dennis Cox here with you at PNC Arena in the plaza between PNC and Carter Finley Stadium getting you set for game one here tonight in the Eastern Conference final real quick Walt I got a question for you Canes and six right confirmed okay there it is all right Canes and six that's Walt Ruff hurricanes.com give them a follow on Twitter at Walt Ruff thanks for stopping by I really do appreciate it thanks for having me no in all in all seriousness though I actually anticipated the last series against the New Jersey Devils going six games, but we also had Canes win it in five. Why do you think this series potentially could be different? Because, again, Devils and, and Florida Panthers play two different styles. Yeah, it is hard to say exactly what, I mean, most cliche thing I'll probably say all day, no, right? No. But nobody can sit here and uh, somebody will accurately predict how many games it goes of course well, you right just did canes and six <laughs> yeah I'd, hey <laughs> that works out for me um i think what we'll see stylistically in this mm -hmm. series is what's been talked about a lot is it's almost kind of a hybrid of what we've seen so far in that florida has both what made the islanders and Devils successful they have the physicality and the desire to grind that the New York Islanders had, but then they also have the skill and the speed and the finesse of the New Jersey Devils. So it really makes perfect sense when you think about it, why we have the matchup that we have in front of us. When you do the math there, so they, they're part Islanders, mm -hmm. they're part Devils, mm -hmm. and the Hurricanes beat both the Islanders and the Devils. So yeah, Canes and Six. <laughs> yeah, so Canes and Six. I don't, um, that, that math is mathing pretty well for me. No arguments. No, I, and one, one difference, I guess, uh, that they do have right now, um, it, both teams uh, that, that the Hurricanes have been so far in the playoffs had some great goaltending coming into the series, and then the Canes exploited it. So now you got Bobrovsky, who has been just playing lights out you know, since he came in halfway through the, the first round series against the Bruins. 
what is is he something different than what the Canes have seen so far? How, how do you expect them to attack him? No, and I think that's a really good point. I do think he's similar in the sense to Ilya Sorokin in round one. Mm-hmm. Last series was weird because you had Akira Schmidt, who was this hot hand who yeah. came in, the got hot. Akira Schmidt. Yeah, you got to be careful of this young kid who doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience. Maybe some of what Pyotr Kachekov was looked at during last year's sure. postseason. But Sergei Borovsky, he's been around. Um, he's been in these postseason situations before, so he's certainly going to be a test for this Canes team to beat. Um, I don't know that there's an exact example of how to beat him. We saw as time transpired in the first round series that maybe the Canes were looking blocker side high as a sweet spot, if you will, on okay. Sorokin. So I think look for something along those lines to play out over the course of the series. Everybody has how they want to attack a netminder. But of course, that plan is not always going to work to fruition on the first time through. So uh, some of these things will work out over time. That's why it's a best of seven series after all, right? That's true. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com, joining us live outside of PNC Arena, getting us set for game one between the Panthers and the Canes here tonight at PNC. Again, puck drop just after seven o'clock. We have Mike Miniscalco on about an hour ago. I brought up the fact that not only is Paul Maurice coached here in Carolina twice, but Rob Brindamore played under Paul Maurice, but something that's also been overlooked his first year as an assistant coach after he retired was under Paul Maurice. And they have the similar philosophy in terms of taking away space in the neutral zone, but they do it two different ways. Carolina with a lot of the stick on pucks and the quote unquote gaps, like the, the space that they have between the guys that bark it up, but Florida tries to go for a much more physical style of play. So similar philosophy, but two different ways about how they do it. Yeah, it's it's been really fascinating to talk with Rod Brindamore this week about the whole complex with Paul Maurice because mm-hmm. he wants, you can tell he obviously owes him a lot of credit for being in the position that he's in now. But at one point he said, you know, I'm not here to make it a love fest. And I don't think he is either <laughs> because at the end of the day, yeah. you're competing for a trip to go to the Stanley Cup finals. But um both guys deserve a lot of credit for the way that they've been able to adapt over the years. And I say that because, my goodness, look at how long Paul Maurice has been coaching. And a lot of times we see head coaches in the NHL set in their ways and that way fizzles out and yeah. then the game kind of passes them by, right? Paul Maurice, my goodness, I mean, a year and a half ago, he, uh, you know, politely dipped out of Winnipeg and understandably so and reappears in Florida and look Mm -hmm. at what he's I know this was the team that won the president's trophy last season but it's not an easy task to come into a situation like this especially when you're changing some of your core pieces like Matthew Kachuk coming into the fold I mean anybody would be lucky to have him but they trade away Jonathan Huberto who is a long-standing member of that franchise very probably was their captain Right, exactly. They traded him away. That's like the equivalent of Carolina Hurricanes basically trading away like a Sebastian Ajo. Definitely, definitely. And it's a, that's a game-changing piece. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's positive. So it's you know might sound a little odd to say that to give Paul Maurice credit for coming in in the first year and making these things work. But what I was just about to say with Rod Brindamore is the game is obviously different from when he and Paul Maurice were together yeah. on the Hurricanes bench, one coaching, one playing. So the fact that these guys continuously adapt to, and Rod Brindamore gave a lot of credit to Chris Huffine this week. He called him the smartest man in hockey for these situations where you have to get your video in, you get your pre-scout in. We're going to see a lot of prepared work from this team because it's been a week since their last game. So yeah. there's really no surprises. They've been able to cover every in and out of what each team is going to do here. So uh, it will play a big part in 
who is able to get to their game in round or in game one tonight. Excuse me. It's a good thing. Good thing they're not playing uh, outside because it is it's windy out here right now. Yeah, it's a little uh, windy. But it feels great. It, it does feel great, especially in my sweater, uh, Dennis. Um, <laughs> cool. But I, I think, uh, you know, we've we've talked a lot in the early part of the postseason about the injury uh, misfortune for the Canes. Mm -hmm. And now Tabo Teravine is, is back. It, turbo time, again. It feels like they're just taking what they were good at, and they're adding something that's going to make it even better, like, to the mix. I mean, that... that, that Feels like a big deal, right? Definitely. I can't get over the fact 28 days yeah. ago. 28 days. Remarkable. My goodness. I'm excited to see him back in there. And I'm excited to see him alongside Jordan Stahl and Martin Natchez. Mm -hmm. I think this balanced set of forwards is fascinating yep. because what you also get with that as a byproduct is Jack Drury going down alongside Derek Stepan and Paul Stasny. And remember how good those three were together, especially early on in the series against the New York mm -hmm. Islanders. So you, and I know it's been their MO all season long, their ability to roll four lines, as they like to say, but they've got four legitimately good trios up front. And that's going to be an X factor in this series because we know sometimes Paul Maurice maybe doesn't roll all four lines and that's totally okay. A lot of coaches around the league don't rely on their fourth line as much as Rod Brindamore does, but when they can come after you wave after wave, like the Hurricanes have this ability to, it could make a difference. It's when, when you have a team that's built like like the Hurricanes, who has a yeah. deep roster, sometimes bad luck from an injury perspective can help you find new solutions in the future, honestly. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Walt Ruff. Thanks for your time. Good sir. Really do appreciate it. Appreciate you, fellas. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlay, player props and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using code 999 and bet five dollars to get 250 dollars instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999 the crown is yours gambling problem call 8777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov 21 plus north carolina only bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance deposit and eligibility restrictions apply terms at draftkings.com sportsbook nc nascar is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license